0: Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so thankful to have you join us today from wherever you're listening in. You can stay up to date with us at Bethesdachurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now let's get ready to dive into today's word. How are you guys? So good to see you here. Glad to have each and every one of you in-house that are here today and those that are watching online. Thank you so much for being here. We are going to dive into the Word of God. We're going to be honoring some uh, graduates a little bit later. I'm excited about that. Um, But we've been in a series called Rooted. Everybody say Rooted. And originally I had planned on doing four weeks and then moving on to something else. Um, but as we got into this, there was just some more that I felt like I wanted to say from God's Word. And so we're going to stay in this series this week and next week. Uh, so I haven't—I don't know the last time I did a six-week series, but it has been a while since I did that. Um, but I've, I've enjoyed what we've been sharing with you over the last few weeks, and I believe that... It is um, life-changing, some of these principles that we are getting. So if you missed any of the messages, please go back, listen to those. I believe that it will be a blessing to you and your family. Um, Today, uh, again, I want to reiterate that a lot of times we miss what God is doing in our lives because we don't understand God's process. And typically, when we do a message series, we are tackling a specific set of scriptures, unpacking that, or... A specific topic, but this series has been different because it's not just a specific series that we are, or, or a topic of scriptures or a um, set of scriptures. We've been talking about this process that God uses to develop us. And the whole idea of this series has been to broaden your lens, um, to help us see our faith differently. And one of the lens that we see all throughout Scripture is the lens of agriculture. Um, it, you may not realize this or not, but um, a, a huge part of how God revealed himself to you and I and made his kingdom available to us, he taught us these principles through agriculture. God could have chosen at any time you know, for the events of the Bible to unfold, the industrial revolution, the internet boom, even today. But God chose to reveal it when in an era where people understood farming, plant life, and gardening. And when you look throughout the scriptures, you find out that almost every religious festival in the Old Testament was tied to the farming cycle. We also know that some of the most famous teachings in scripture deal with the farm life, I mean, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, or faith like a mustard seed, and so uh, we can see these principles shining through in the lens of agriculture. Some of the most pivotal moments in Scripture, we, we look at um, in the beginning, God placed man in the garden, right? Sin entered into a garden. Jesus surrendered his will in a garden, and. Jesus, when he resurrected from the dead, people saw him in a garden. And so we we have to know that God is trying to speak something to us through the lens of agriculture. And with all that being said, today, I wanna talk to you about the power of sowing and reaping. The power of sowing and reaping. Now, before you um, check out, because you all know another money sermon. This is not a money sermon. Uh, But what I do want you to know is that sowing and reaping is much bigger than finances. It's so much bigger than finances. And I think a lot of times, because we've heard it only in teachings that dealt with finances, we, we often miss how sowing and reaping applies to my marriage, to the way I raise my kids, to, to uh, how successful I am at work or at my job. Like it applies to every part of, of my life, and I, I hope to help us see that as a whole today. But I, I wanna start here, let me ask, how many of you would say that you are a creature of habit? We have any creatures of habit? Come on, let me just see those hands. Um, we, we have some people that are, yeah, we got one of, two hands, yes. Like we, we got a routine, you know, we got a morning routine, we got a, a night routine, we, we only eat at the same places, and when we go to those places, we order the same exact meal. Some of us, you know, we're so boxed in uh, with our habits that even on vacation, we don't even try anything new. We don't even go to a different city. We've been at the same place. Some people like 30 years, same same hotel, same city, same meals, like they just, they're stuck in a cycle of habits. Now. Um, And and I can fall into that as quickly as as anyone else. And a lot of the things that I just mentioned, you know, it doesn't make a big difference in the world. But I do want to bring your attention to the habits that we fall into that are detrimental. Uh, For example, um, maybe your marriage is not in a good place. And a lot of people, you know, they've had seasons when the marriage just isn't good. But the problem is, they keep doing it the same way. They become a creature of habit. It is what it is, I'm gonna do this, she's gonna fuss, we're gonna fight, and then we're gonna start and do it all over again. We never do anything different. We, maybe it's a job, you hate the job, but instead of applying for a new one, you spend all of your energy complaining about the one you hate. You know what I mean? It's a cycle. It's a habit. It's, it, we, we're creatures of habit, and sometimes it affects us in a negative way. It could be with an addiction in your life that, you know, you, you want victory, but, you know, it just you can't get past it, and so you're stuck there. Um, so these are habits that we form, and many times we are missing out on what God has because we are stuck in a cycle. Have you ever noticed how people will create these habits in their life? Like, every time you see them, they're going to fuss about their spouse. You you just know it. They're going to complain. They're going to say something. And and they they talk about it, and they create these, um, I guess, habits that they think are normal. And instead of doing something about it, they keep doing the same thing and then complaining about it even though they've spent no energy trying to change it. They complain about the marriage. They complain about their kids. They complain about their job. And they never stop to realize that if you don't like what you are receiving, then you need to plant a different seed. I'm, I'm gonna say that one more time because some of us, we're gonna go right back in our car and complain. If you don't like what you are receiving, we need to plant a different seed. We have to do something different. If I don't like what I'm getting out of life, I I need to know, first off, I have the power to change that. I can can change that. And I'm believing today you're gonna have an epiphany. Come on, y'all, smile. Like some of the things that you keep complaining about and you're frustrated about, like you're gonna stop all that and you're gonna go plant a different seed. You're gonna try something different. You're not gonna be stuck in a cycle that keeps you frustrated. One of the biggest lies that we believe is the lie that we just have to endure what, what we're facing. And that, that this is just you know the cards I was, I was dealt, this is the cross I have to bear, this is just the way it's always going to be and we can fall into that. Not understanding that God has given you the ability to change circumstances. I got like two amens. Because it's a whole lot easier to sit in a recliner and just say, that's the way it is. Come on, y'all. That's, that's just the way it is. Just, you almost grunt it. You know, you can't even say it. Just the way it is. Always been that way, always going to be that way. Not understanding God has given you the power to change circumstances. When you look at the scripture um, in Genesis chapter 2, I want to read this, but I want you to know God did not put Adam in the garden so that he would simply experience the garden. That that wasn't the entire reason because Genesis 2.15 says, Then the Lord took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to cultivate it. So Adam was not placed there just to experience the garden. Adam was placed there to enjoy what he was able to cultivate. All right? Do you see, you see how it's connected? So he had, he had work to do. There were seeds to be planted. There was things that he had to manage, and he would live with the result of what he Cultivated. And so God's showing us, even in the very beginning, that he gave man a measure of control over some of the circumstances in our lives. And this law of sowing and reaping definitely applies. So let let me just explain how it applies. For example, let's just say, I told the team no props this week because I keep telling them to do all this crazy stuff with props and no props. So y'all gotta like, can y'all use your imagination one week? All right. Say I have three bags of seed with me up here. I got, I got uh, corn seed, grass seed, and, and seed to plant grass, all right? I got three different kinds of seed. And let's just say that I want corn, because, man, I love some corn on the cob. Anybody else? I love corn on the cob. Let's just say I want corn, like I want corn, corn on the cob, would what seed would I use? Wow, y'all are brilliant. So you're telling me I wouldn't use the bean seed or the grass seed. I would definitely need to use corn seed. Let's just say I got a patch in my yard that really needs some grass planted, which I really do, um, and I, I want to, that grass to grow. What seed would I use? You're telling me the corn seed won't work? So, so listen, you guys are, are, are the ones preaching right now, all right? You answered the questions, check this out. I believe that what, what I hear you saying today is that to reap what I want, I have to sow what I want. That's a truth bomb. See, we understand that with farming and gardening but we don't always apply it to our relationships and to our spiritual condition. So with the mindset that to reap what I want, I must sow what I want, if I want grace, if I need grace and want grace in my life, what should I be sowing into other people? Grace, if I want grace, I I need to sow it. If, let's take it a step further. If I want attention from my wife, what do I sow? Attention. Like, I don't complain that you're not paying attention to me. I sow attention into you. I reap what I sow, all right? If, if I want blessing in my life, what should I be sowing into other people? Blessing. It's not rocket science. But we've missed this because we don't understand sowing and reaping applies to every part of our life. And, and if I'm not happy with what I'm reaping, then I need to change what I'm planting. But here's the problem in the church. We are need-minded instead of seed-minded. We are need-minded instead of seed-minded. Need-minded is when I focus on my need. Well, they're not paying attention to me. And I really could use a blessing. I I wish somebody would show me just a little respect. And we focus on our need. We we just stay there, focusing on the need, what we need, what we feel that we are lacking. And the funny thing is, is that focusing on a need never meets the need. It never meets the need. It only causes more frustration with your spouse, disappointment with the job. And some of us, if we're being honest, we're frustrated with God. Because we are focused on the need. So I have to change from being need-minded to being seed-minded. And being seed-minded means that every need in my life can be met with a seed. Check this out. If, if, if I want corn, I don't know why I'm on the corn thing today, but we're, we're definitely having some corn at some point. But if I want corn, it does me no good to run around telling y'all how much I want corn. It's not gonna do me any good at all. If I want corn, I probably need to get up off my lazy behind and either go to Kroger, right, or go outside and plant some. One of the two. It does no good saying I just wish I had some corn. I have to do, I need to plant something and I wanna tell you today that you can change what you're reaping by what you're willing to plant. That if I want grace, I sow it. If I, if I want respect, I so respect. If I want doors to open up for me, some of us, we're like, I wish the Lord would open up a door. When's the last time you opened up a door for someone? Let's go to the house. Y'all ain't ready for this one. We only focus on what we don't have. Like, if you want God to open some spiritual doors, what doors have you opened for other people? What what influence have you given them? I can so... Certain things and change what I'm reaping. So, I'm going to give you four quick points, and I hope to do this quickly. Point number one is the most simple thing. We understand this. Number one, you reap what you sow. Galatians 6 and 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. So, the obvious is that if I plant tomatoes, I'm not reaping oranges, it's not going to happen. If I plant tomatoes, I'm going to get tomatoes because tomato seeds produce tomatoes. We understand from scripture that within each seed has the potential to reproduce after its own kind. And and so with that, I understand physically and even probably much more profound, even relationally and spiritually, okay? This affects all avenues and so the, the Apostle Paul He writes in the next verse, because he wants us to understand this, he says in verse eight, he says, whoever sows to please the flesh will from the flesh reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So he's talking about the law of sowing and reaping. And he's saying that you need to get a hold of this because whatever you're planting will have a harvest. And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. How many know? not, it's not just that we sow good things and reap a harvest, how many you can sow bad things and reap a bad harvest? That's what Paul's stating here. He's letting us know that this affects us in in all areas. It's kind of like in school. In school, a student is gonna reap what they've sown. They're gonna reap on the test what they've sown in the classroom. So if they played, you know, played around, played games, didn't pay attention, They're probably gonna fail. But I know how Christians are though. I don't have to study, I don't have to prepare, I don't have to sow any good seeds. When it comes test time, I'm gonna pray, Holy Ghost comes in, he gonna bail me out. (laughs) Good for you. If that that works, like good for you, the rest of us, we still operating in sowing and reaping. Like if I didn't sow the right things, I end up with with a harvest that I don't want. In your career, it's impossible for you to sow irresponsibility and reap success. Impossible to do that. In your relationships, this is a nugget for some people today. You want friends. Why don't you become friendly? Like you ain't smiled in three years. (laughs) What, nobody likes me. Well, they really don't want to hang out with you. You're not that much fun to be around. So if I want friends, I need to sow friendships. And, and even in our word, did you know that if you could see it in the spiritual, that every, and, and I know this is tough, we've got to use our imagination, but if you could see in the spirit, every time you speak, you should see seeds coming out. Every word you say is a seed. It, 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 it's a seed that you are planting. Every word that you speak brings forth a crop. That's why Proverbs eighteen twenty one says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Those who choose one shall eat its fruit. Notice that it says that you will eat the fruit of your words. So my words are seed that produce a harvest that eventually I'm gonna eat. So I hope you like what you've been saying, right? I, I hope you like the seeds you've been sowing with your words. He's telling us that that we are literally going to eat our words. So if I sow anger as a parent, how many know I'm going to reap angry kids? If I sow criticism and I I criticize everybody all the time, what am I going to reap? Criticism. It's coming back to me. Whatever I sow, that I'm going to reap. Some of us, we go around cursing stuff all the time. We just curse and then we wonder why our life is so messed up and so cursed. We're we're living in the fruit of our words. What about marriage? That's a great place to hit. Did you know that your marriage will never be better than your mouth? Y'all ain't ready for this one, are you? Your marriage will never be better than your mouth. So if you're always nagging, should I even go down that road today? we got to honor graduates in a little while. I can't can't get too far down that. We'll all be mad at each other. What's happening at Bethesda? Was it the virus that got you? No, we had a cussing fit. (laughs) So you reap what you sow. I'm moving on, all right? Number two, you reap later than you sow. I'm not an expert on this at all. I I go to Kroger to get my produce. So I'm not an expert. But I think I know enough to to know this. I don't plant corn tomorrow on Monday and expect a harvest from it on Tuesday. I I do know enough that I would not plant one day and expect an immediate result the next day. Genesis 8.22 tells us that as long as the earth remains there will be seed, time, harvest. Seed, time, and harvest. I understand that there will be a a waiting period between my sowing and my reaping. It's why James said in James five, verse seven, he says, the farmer waits expectantly for the precious harvest from the land, being patient about it until he receives that. So the farmer plants the seed, and he believes that it's just a matter of time before he's going to harvest. He knows that the seed is germinating, that it's putting roots down, that it's preparing to bear fruit. Now, farmers don't use this this terminology, but farmers, um, they're exemplifying faith that this process is gonna play out. They're gonna plant the seed and believe that even when they can't see anything growing, that eventually, there will be a harvest. I wanna tell some people today that your faith that that you need to know, uh, your harvest, your seed time and harvest, it requires your faith. Your faith makes a difference. You say, "Well, pastor, I've been tithing, I haven't seen God's blessing." I want to encourage you: keep the faith, because there's seed time and harvest. Uh, You've been doing your best at work. Somebody else got, got the promotion. I wanna encourage you, keep the faith because there's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. You made a decision. I'm only dating godly men. It eliminated about half the men in the world. But listen, that was a good seed that God will honor. Keep the faith and you're gonna reap a harvest if you keep sowing the right seeds. Come on, somebody, if you believe that you'll reap a harvest if you sow the right seeds. Even if I can't see it immediately. There's time involved. And God wanted me to tell some people today that this one, it's kind of bold, but I want to say it. Don't impair your harvest through impatience. Don't impair your harvest through impatience. A lot of times when we don't see the immediate results, we want to take things into our own hands. But it would be like a farmer going going out, planting the seed, and coming back a couple days later and then digging up, what he had just planted, to see if it's working. Now, how many know that would be stupid? Because even if it was working, it's not now. Like, it stopped. Whatever was happening underneath the ground, it stopped the moment you dug it up to see if it was actually working for you. Because when you plant a seed, it is covered up. You can't see if it's growing or not. And this is where faith comes in. And so I want to encourage some people, don't mess with your harvest by putting your hands on it. There's seed, there's time, and there's harvest. And a lot of times when we don't see the harvest quick enough, we put, in, we, we, we put our hands on it, and so we go ahead and serve our spouse papers. I want a divorce, because I gave you two days to get better. Some of y'all didn't even think that was funny. Like you had 48 hours to be a better man. You failed. Here. We, <laughs> oh my goodness. That, that's what we do though. We get frustrated, we get impatient, and what do we do? We put our hands on it. We don't have the result we want, so we're gonna dig up our seed Because it's not working the way that we think it should be working and in the process miss out on the harvest. That's why Paul continues in Galatians 6, 9. He said, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. The King James says, it doesn't say proper time, it says due season. I love that, due season. It means that every seed has a different germination period. In other words, they don't all sprout up at the same exact time altogether. They sprout up at different times. And so I want some people to know, if you've been sowing the right seeds, you need to understand your healing, your marriage, your kids, your finances, that job, that ministry, whatever it is, if you've been planting the right seeds, all of those things have a due season. There is a harvest coming. Just don't be tempted to put your hands on it before God has walked that out with you. You reap what you sow, you reap later than you sow. Number three, we're more than halfway home. You reap more than you sow. You always reap more than you sow. You don't sow an apple seed and get an apple. You sow an apple seed and you get a tree of apples. You always reap more than you sow. Think about this, one kernel of corn can feed a nation. Say what no no it can't pastor, I can't even live off of one. But if I take one kernel and I go plant it and I get a stalk of corn, I can take the stalk then and plant it and now I got a row. I can take the row of corn, plant it, now I have a field. As long as I keep replanting the field, eventually I'd have enough to feed an entire nation. You always reap more than you sow. And that's what makes sowing and reaping so exciting. It's why I want to sow kindness into other people. Because when I sow kindness into other people, then I'm going to receive kindness on my end. It's why I serve my wife. Because if I serve her, it creates, it multiplies harmony in my home. You know how many homes could, would be completely fixed if everybody stopped nagging one another and started serving one another? If you sow nagging, you reap nagging. I haven't hit in a while. You, you sow what it is you want. You sow what you want. I love the story of my friend Dave Martin. He was here in October and he tells this story. Talked about how he, when him and uh, Pastor Dave and Christine Martin, when they first got married, they were really poor, like really poor. He even, he, he makes this comment that they used to go to KFC so they could lick other people's fingers. You know, it's pretty poor, Right? You don't want to, <laughs> coronavirus, don't be licking my fingers. I'm just throwing that out there. But he said, that's what, you know, it was just bad, rough season. We, we didn't have a whole lot, and they were in church one Sunday. And he and Christine felt like they were supposed to give $500. And, um, you know, they were like, man, that's, that's going to be a tough one for us. Because they had, they looked in their check register, and at that time they had $500 and $50 total to their entire existence. So we're gonna give 500, and we're gonna live off 50 bucks. They sowed it because of this verse, 2 Corinthians 9, verse six. It says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will will also reap generously. And and as they read that verse and sowed that $500, they, they were excited. There was an expectation attached to it. Um, and he, he tells this story that the next month or so was really difficult to navigate. Things were really tight. But one day, Christine was actually at Walmart. And while at Walmart, she's approached by one of the workers at the store stating, hey, we're getting ready to shoot a commercial. Would you be in the commercial? Like, we're going to get hundreds of, of people in this, uh, but if we decide to use a clip that you're in, then we're gonna compensate whoever that, it was like a, you know, it was a shot in the dark that she would be picked and that they would use a clip she was in, and she's like, it won't hurt, you know, we're kinda broke, let's do this, um, and then they didn't think about it, a couple months went by and they got a letter in the mail from Walmart stating that we aired the commercial that you were in and enclosed was a check for $500. I want to stop and say right here, you reap more than you sow. So that wasn't the end of their blessing. Over the next six months, they received $15,000 because she happened to be at Walmart at the right time. She got paid $15,000 to have like a two-second commercial. How many know you reap more than you sow? That whatever I'm (laughs) sowing, some of we struggle with this because we still over here thinking this is what I need. We're need-minded when God is saying, I need you to be seed-minded. That we sow what it is that we want. Sometimes it's really difficult to do that, I understand. But if you want to harvest, you got to give God a seed. So you reap what you sow, you reap later than you sow. You reap more than you sow, last point. The time to sow is now. The time to sow is Now. How many of you already can can tell that sowing and reaping is a lot bigger than money? Can you see the spiritual, the relational emphasis of the scripture? The time to sow is now. Imagine walking up to a farmer standing on a field and asking him, you know, "What, what what do you want in this field? And he says, I want a field full of beans. And then you ask him, well, how many did you plant? And he answer you say none. I'm just hoping that it comes up. Now, see, it, it, to us that's like, dude, come on. But a lot of people are expecting a harvest on seeds they've never even planted. They're expecting the marriage to get better, and they've planted zero seeds. They're expecting this relationship to improve and they've planted zero See, We're expecting this. I think sometimes we just think that people get like lucky and and they run into a glory cloud one day and boom, I'm blessed. Well, it's really about doing the principles God has given us to demonstrate his kingdom in the earth and in our relationships. So funny that people live there because what we fail to see is nothing happens until seed is planted. I've got to have something in the ground if I'm going to expect a harvest on this. And a lot of times, it's easier for us to serve ourselves instead of serve our spouse. It's easier to, you know, be selfish with our time instead of investing our time. Easy to think, I want a blessing instead of becoming a blessing. So when I have a need, I need to plant a seed. And I want to say that if you feel like you, you deserve appreciation, I want to encourage you to sow it. If you need a door open, for you're you praying for God to open up a door. If you have the, the, the power to do it, open up a door for someone else. Like whatever it is that you desire, begin sowing that. Every word that comes out of our mouth is a seed. So I want to encourage you in a culture, in a climate that is so filled with hate, How many know a messy, how many know hate never drives out hate? Only love can do that. Wasn't that Dr. King? We want something we're not willing to sow. If we're not willing to sow it, why should we expect it? We got to be willing to sow some different seeds. There's no way a relationship's gonna get better when you just spew hate. At some point, you gotta say, I'm gonna change my seed. I want to feel loved, I'm gonna sow it. I want to feel honored, I'm gonna sow it. I want to feel whatever it is, I I have this need. Whatever that is, I'm going to sow that. I'm tired of reaping the same harvest. I'm ready to plant some new seeds gonna reap whatever you sow. I'm gonna leave you with one final thought, one final thought. God does not determine how blessed you are. He doesn't determine that. You determine how blessed you are. I think some people think we all come to church and some people hit like the heavenly lotto and they're they're blessed. It's not the way it works. You determine your level of blessing. No one else does. God doesn't even determine that. You do. But we want to make it so spiritual sometimes that, well, God must have favorites. God must really like them. Listen, God is no respecter of persons, but God is a respecter of principles. That was worth you getting out of bed for. He loves everybody the same, but he doesn't treat everybody the same. I can't hide behind that. And what I mean by that is that he honors principles, and you determine how blessed you are. Luke six thirty eight says, give, it will be given to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, I want you to catch that, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So you, you come over here and, God, I need blessing. I need you to move. God, I need a blessing. God's like, I love blessing my kids. Man, I, I, I'm gonna bless you. Angels, go check the file. And will you tell me what kind of measure Chad's been using? The angels come back. And if I've been in a season where I haven't really been sowing and investing and being generous or any of that, and they come back with a little eyedropper, here's what he's been using. Well, I love him, but that's that's the measure we gotta use, pour it on him. I get it, and then I complain because I was expecting something bigger, something grander. And, And God's saying, no, I'm just using the measure you've been using. If you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow, not just money, relationships, you can, name, you can go down any list you wanna go. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. So if I start really sowing into my wife, really giving everything to my kids, giving everything that I got to God, sowing financially, speaking kind words to people when i would rather slap them upside the head when i really start sowing good seed good seed good seed and then i start praying god i really need a blessing i need a breakthrough and god says go check the files and then they see this time it's not an eyedropper. this time they're like chad this is his measure We can't even hardly carry this thing. He's been sowing kindness and generosity and love in the midst of persecution and hate. Lord, he's been sowing good seed, good seed, good seed. This is the, how many want to be blessed with this kind of blessing? Like, like not an eye drop, but like God pouring something on you because you've been sowing consistently good seed. You reap what you sow. You reap more than you sow. The time to sow is right now. You determine how blessed you are, how blessed your marriage is, how blessed your relationships are, how blessed you are at work. It's all about your decisions. It's all about the principles you follow. How I many of everybody else in the world can decide they're gonna do the wrong thing all the time, but if I keep doing the right thing, God will honor it. Do you receive from his word today? Can you give him a hand clap of praise today? Go ahead and stand with me today. I wanna pray over you and then we'll pray for those that need Jesus in their life, but I just wanna speak a blessing over the house today. Father, I thank you for every person that's here, God, in this service today, God, whether in-house, watching online, God, serving you, God, in this climate that we are presently all in. God, with all the tension in the world, God, all the fear in the world. God, I thank you for every person that's here that, that they've heard your word today, God. And as hard as it may be in this season, God, I, I pray that you give them a grace to begin sowing good seed. Good seed, God, with their time, their energy, their finances, their words. Help them to see, God, Lord, the importance of sowing good seed, God, that you honor that. And God, that we live not by emotion, God, we live by principle. God, help us, God, that in a world filled with all kinds of hate and, and God, people that are are mad and angry and fearful, God, help us to see the bigger picture, God, that, that you can do great things, God, and you wanna use us, God, to Demonstrate the kingdom in the earth. So God, help us, God, to plant good seeds in relationships with finances, with our kids and our marriage and our church and the way we serve, God. Help us to plant and and put good seed in the ground, God. We know, God, that we will reap, God, if we don't faint. I thank you for your people today. Help us to see the concept and the power of sowing and reaping differently than ever before. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, I want you to bow your head, close your eyes, no one looking around for the next couple of moments. If you're in this place and you need to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I wanna give you that opportunity. Maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior. If you want to know him, if you're in-house, would you just throw your hand up right there where you are and say, pastor, that's me, thank you for this hand, God bless you. Anyone else, you say, that's me today, that's me today. I, I need Jesus in my life. Anyone else? Those that are watching online, we would love to pray with you as well. I want to ask that everybody pray this together. We don't want anybody to pray alone. But if you would, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you to forgive me, to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me and changing me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you'd like to contribute financially to our ministry, you can do so by going to bethesdachurch.tv give. See you on the next episode.